Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and today we talk about Warhammer 40k, Don't Starve Together, and community involvement in game development. Additionally, we'll have a special contest announcement somewhere in the episode to say thank you to all of our recent listeners, so be sure to listen for details on how to enter. Let's get to it. Hey, Walker, what's got you picking up your sticks this week? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, I've played a, a, a few things um, since we last talked, so not just this right. week, I guess, but I you know, obviously played Levelhead um, a bit, and then, uh, which we talked about at length in our <laughs> last episode, um, and then I played a bit of Warhammer 40k, well, Dawn of War, I think it's Warhammer 40k Dawn okay. of War 2. Is the Whichever way it title. goes in there. I'm pretty sure they make the Warhammer show up first, right. which is kind of amusing. Um, but anyway, um, I had talked a little bit before about how I you know, got on this 40k kick kind of thing from the Astartes right. books. Or, excuse me, not books. The Astartes video on YouTube. <laughs> and um, so I tried several different 40k games and the original Dawn of War RTS I I thought would draw me in a lot more than it did and it might just be how old it is I don't know um, it's funny with graphics because you know you look at stuff like NES graphics like 8-bit or 16-bit or whatever like pre early right. 3D it all yeah. holds up like Super Mario from Super Nintendo yeah. I'm fine yeah, no problem. And I don't I don't think when I'm playing, like, man, this looks old. Right. It's just the way it looks. But if you go back and play, like, a PlayStation yeah, like Tomb 1 Raider. game... Just, just can't. Or, yeah. like, GoldenEye, even. like GoldenEye is tough. I will say that Mario 64 actually holds kinda, up yeah. pretty well. It's still a little blocky and a little... It is. It is. Um, I mean, certainly it doesn't hold up compared to, like the high-fidelity 3D graphics that we have today. So that's certainly fair. I just mean it's it's probably just because of the right. aesthetic of Mario. It's just not as jarring. Well, it's not trying to be realistic <laughs> but, either. Like, I would say even the same thing for, like, a Crash Bandicoot like or a Spyro. Right. Like, because they're in their own world, they look a little bit better. But, like, GoldenEye is, like, anything... It's the uncanny valley of human faces. If it's humans, like mm. Tomb Raider... Goldeneye, nope. It, it just even like Final Fantasy VII, like I just no. That might be the biggest problem with and like again yeah, the, the mm. weird block hands and stuff. Like I mean I don't need fingers, but I don't. Know, it's just a cube. Um, so in I, again I didn't play the original that I didn't play the first Dawn of War that much, so I don't have a deep nostalgia for it per se, um, which might lead to some extent to why I'm not super drawn back into it. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, Dawn of War 2 much yeah. more satisfying. Graphically, it looks you know, I mean, and it's I think it's from like 2009 yeah. or 10, so it's not new, but the jump made from 2010 compared to 20, 2004 is enormous. Um, I would say maybe even more so than the jump from 2010 to now. I would say that's probably true for a lot of games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, that's what general, I mean. I mean, at, at large. There is a huge graphic... There's a huge graphic mm -hmm. jump to, like, decent, I guess, quote-unquote graphics. 
everything after like crisis <laughs> is like we're starting to understand how to do this now and well it was basically after we after right. HD yeah, that's true. became the standard once HD became the standard it kind of well and overall PC power me. hasn't like yeah there's it still keeps going up but we're not on that like we're not up to like 64 core 12 gigahertz CPUs because silicon just has a max limit on it and we haven't swapped off of that yet so yeah yeah I don't know and, and honestly I don't know where it goes you know I think VR is probably the the next logical place that you would look to but for non-VR I mean we're just getting I mean like ray tracing is cool but it's kind of I mean we can remove loading screens not... <laughs> that would be I don't know when when we'll ever make that freaking jump but <laughs> But that's not a graphical fidelity thing. <laughs> it, maybe it is. Maybe it's my graphics. It's loading screen graphics can just go away. <laughs> they could go the way of the dinosaur. Um, but anyway, now again, I, I mean, I haven't played a ton of of Dawn of War two, um, but I played it for a bit and, and enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it completely jumping outside of of gaming to some extent, but to Warhammer. But you recently have ordered some Warhammer yeah, miniatures that you're kind of decorating and painting um, up. Anyone yeah, want sure. To talk about that um, a bit? So, I uh, kind of swore off Warhammer. God, four times now. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I swear it off, mm -hmm, I get sucked mm -hmm. back in in some way, shape, or form. Um, but the Astartes video really—I mean, we had been talking about it more. I've always been a fan, and I keep up on like Loot No Nine on YouTube and stuff, just because the lore is fun, and I, you know, I love. I'll watch battle reports and stuff because it's a fun game. It's very interesting, but it's not something that I can really engage in. And mm -hmm. I have always, always, always been uh, kind of a faux sarcastic hater of Space Marines because mm. they're Marines. I don't know. They're everybody. Everybody plays Marines. Everybody loves Marines. Rah rah the Imperium, and I'm like rah rah the Tyranids. So uh, mm. I, I had a. I started with Eldar. Uh, a Beltan army, which was the only army that I've ever fully painted. Uh, then I did Tyranids when they got their fourth edition release, which I think was also just right before fifth edition. It's basically the first time they remade Tyranids from the super ugly models of old. Uh, but my problem there is I sold my Eldar army on eBay um, and then bought, used all of that money to buy nothing but Tyranids. And so I had just like 200 models at once. And didn't end up getting the audacity to paint because I like my Eldar army. I built and collected slowly over time, right? I was like, I started collecting when I was mm. fourteen, just because I like the miniatures, and I didn't even know that it, it was for a game. Um, oh, and you started right. Some cool I mean, it, well, because I had I had started <laughs> actually like my miniature collecting. I started with City Tech, which was like a BattleTech spinoff game that was came in a box with a bunch of miniatures, and that was still when I was huge into Mech Warrior. And then at the local hobby store, I also, I would buy Mech Warrior minis, and then I bought just some of these dudes that had wings and looked cool and had sci-fi guns. So I started painting them, found out it was a game, started buying pieces more and more for the game. But that is all to say, when I was like 14, I bought $7 of stuff every couple of weeks, you know. And by the time I was like mm. 16, when I sold, so that army slowly got collected and painted over a long, like two years. So a couple of miniatures here and there, very easy to keep up with. Bought Tyranids, seven eight hundred dollars worth all in one go. 
painted like two of them was like nope this is too much work i'm done <laughs> uh picked back up some tau at one point but i didn't like the crute and they were annoying to paint so half of them got painted um and then kind of gave up moved to war machine played some of that anyway this is all to say hated marines forever except one very small teeny tiny subset of marines that are called the legion of the damned and in like the universe there they weren't like a whole chapter of marines although don't worry lore people i get there's the firehawks chapters there's also the the daemon's option there's many different variations of the if there's no really official quote-unquote lore for them because nobody knows really where they come from but they're basically like all black with skulls and bones and flames all over them and as a kid i always it was the only ones that i was like those are actually pretty cool looking and so i always kind of liked it was the only marines they liked they would come out of the nether out of nowhere and destroy a bunch of people and then just leave and like you if you fielded them in the rules in various different variations of the game you could only field like a small squad of them and they would just appear on the battlefield alongside the rest of your normal army so I just thought they were kind of cool, but the miniatures, even the ones that exist now, are the same ones that existed in the 90s. But I always kind of wanted to like mm. have some. And especially after seeing Astartes and just generally being in quarantine, I have uh, been staring at my brushes and paints and stuff, and I also you know, have an airbrush that I've barely used, and decided that I was like, you know what? I can just... I could participate as just a hobby. Like, I can just paint miniatures. I don't have to do any special rules or anything. I don't care. I've wanted them since I was a kid. I can do it now. I'm just going to get some and I'm going to I'm going to use my hobby skills to their maximum degree. I don't have to be in a rush cuz I'm not like getting them ready for this weekend or anything. I could take as much time as I want. So I bought a getting started box for Death Watch cuz I figured they would be the most fun to convert into the legion so i bought it's got like 10 dudes a dreadnought and a special character i bought a box of skulls that i'm gonna be make sculpting skulls and bones and fire and all sorts of stuff on them and i'm taking my time and just kind of going at it a little bit at a time so okay so i'm not entirely because when you said because Le legion of damned that's is the one what you're i'm actually turning them for. into yes okay because I just found this afternoon earlier, I had found a, a humble book bundle that that's up that's right. for Death Watch, and I thought you had said Death Watch, so <laughs> that's why I linked it to you. And then you just said Legion Jam, and I was like, "Damn it, I was you're wrong." Not, but I'm you're not. It's, in fact, and the Death Watch are really cool too, which is kind of half the other reason why I was like, I could convert normal rings, but like the Death Watch are also kind of cool. So I'm getting I'm getting my cake and eating it too. Where like if I do ever decide to play, I can run them as Death Watch. <laughs> But then I can also put my own flair and spin on it. And, like, I prefer the idea of the lore where they're, like, fallen marines that are, like, resurrected as these, like, undying marines. And the Death Watch come from all different chapters. So you get all the different shoulder pads. So I'm going to paint the show Instead of keeping the, like, original chapter colors, I'm going to paint all of the, sh the shoulder pad emblems in bone. So I'll have, like, mm. a one of each different chapter, but all of them will have the same bone color for their, their chapter emblems. So I get to, like, it's it's getting a little bit of both, where, like, I might someday want to play, so I'm 
keeping that slightly in mm-hmm. mind, but most of it is just going to be lots and lots of sculpting of little bits and pieces. I want to do some stuff that I haven't seen anybody else do. If somebody has done it, I don't know, but I haven't found like a video or a tutorial on it. So I'm going to be trying to work with clear resin on finished miniatures, which is I'm having to make up like test batches of things so that I don't ruin my actual ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it well so it's funny because it, it reminds me uh, because you just you kind of talked about how, you know, for a long time you've been like, am I going to play or should I, you know, if I'm going to make this army, should it be one I can actually Right, I was worrying about really weapons matter. for a while. Like, what options do I pick? Do Is it viable for the battlefield? Like, Right. But it's kind of, you know, but, but so taking the approach of, I mean, again, maybe right. you'll play with it. So not that it's off the table entirely, but you're, you're kind of taking the approach of like, I'm just going to approach this as a hobby of this is how I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to do this artistically and that's going to be the thing right. I'm extracting, the yeah. value I'm extracting. Um, and it's it's kind of reminiscent, to tie it back to, to video games, it's kind of reminiscent of like people who just play creative mm-hmm. mode of Minecraft and just make stuff. Or uh, the Avorian people, that's the, the space shipbuilding game. Well, <laughs> I call it a <laughs> shipbuilding game. It's not. It's a space exploration game too and fighting and all sorts of stuff. But... The, the probably the coolest thing that it does is the shipbuilding and like you and I were talking like the shipbuilding tools in it are really really good and really robust and, and way more options than anything else that we've seen and maybe right. more just intuitive in Avorian um, but then you know it still takes time oh, yeah. right it's still not like it's still not like you just shoot images it's, from your and mind they just and they well, become and reality <laughs> right. I, we had talked earlier separately about how I kind of give gruff for people that have like $50,000 worth of miniatures that are all flat coated in spray paint but I'm the flat coat spray paint guy in Avorian because I want <laughs> like the cool looking ships but I'm just like uh, I need to pick up all this cargo and I don't have a cargo space I'm going to slap a, blo- a giant block of cargo just on the top of my ship don't care pick up all this stuff and run away <laughs> like <laughs> I mean if you recall we tried to play multiplayer Avorian but the the game is very right. poorly optimized and it doesn't run with weird memory issues. But anyway, um, <laughs> but if you recall, you encountered me at the space station and you were like, you're literally just flying a tube. <laughs> like I had, there was no wing. It was literally just a series of rectangles that I'd stacked together because, right. Eh, you know, <laughs> so, so I, I totally understand. I am, I am definitely the mat coat. I tried to be a detail guy, guy but it, it, that only worked until I had the ship, and then after that, I was like, yeah, but now I need more stuff. So just slap stuff to it. I'm not spending right. another two hours redoing this. Like, no. <laughs> but in Warhammer, I'm definitely much so more the, like, fluff, and I would rather have these in a display case and make them that awesome sure. and never play than, even if I do play, I'm, I'm still probably playing because I want the guy on the other end of the table to be like, or girl or whomever person, to be like, sure. those are awesome. <laughs> They're all dead, right. but they're awesome. I was like, cool, whatever, that's fine. I don't care. I got what I needed out of this. And as long as it's not like Pogs oh, yeah, where they no, take no. it from Hell you no. upon defeat. <laughs> Even with Pogs, we would say, like, no, that one's mine. That one's, I, this is my favorite Pog. <laughs> you know, I actually never really played Pogs very much. I had a, a small stack and played 
here and there, but it wasn't something that I was heavily I also in. wielded cheater pogs, anyway. so... They had, like, a little pull tab on them. You could lift the tab and then push it back down so it'd have just, like, a tiny wedge in the middle so it'd lean the tower just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was horrible. <laughs> I know. You know a guy, uh, you, you know? Did, thankfully, you didn't know me in elementary school, you know. It's <laughs> I was a really rotten seven-year-old. What can I say? <laughs> honestly, that was... And I, yeah, I didn't know you, but that was what actually pushed me away from Pogs was that... It just seemed like everyone who was really into it was just super shady. Like, I didn't know how to, like... It didn't seem like I was entering into a level right. playing field ever. It always seemed like someone was hustling. <laughs> it was. It was definitely like, like we might as well have been playing Bones in the back alley. Like, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Pogs in the gym, definitely. Because there would always be the kid with, like, the three-foot-tall freaking tube. And I'd have, like, 20. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was a weird game, too. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in Dark Ages, hey, hey, it's 17 minutes, and I mentioned an MMO. Um, <laughs> in Dark Age of Camelot, not when I was, not when I actually played it, like, when it was, you know, right. current, <laughs> but when I've gone back to it here in the last couple of years a couple times. Um, so in that, you can, like in WoW and in most MMOs, you can do, like, a slash random or slash roll, and it'll generate right. a number between 1 and 100. Um, to use. Yeah. Yeah. To, to settle a dispute or whatever. Right, yeah, thank you. Um, in Dark Age, it because again, Dark Age is an older MMO, so it's still it's still trying some it, like much like EverQuest to like really throw right. to D and D, you know, or mm -hmm. at least that crowd, you know, not the IP specifically. But so instead of just slash random, you had to type slash roll and then choose the number of like dice you wanted to or roll. Two D twenty or something. It wasn't, I mean, it was just oh, okay. simply a number, like two, three, whatever, and then it would just spit out the results of that. Um, but anyway, so I definitely Googled the rules of craps and then sat and, and would just bet against myself and craps and just learn how to play craps. <laughs> <laughs> and just for longer than is comfortable because it's not like it's supported right. in any way other than by a text box. So it's like, what am I really doing here? But Start some bad yeah, alley shenanigans in <laughs> Dark Age of Camelot. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, hey man, play, play some dice. Seven Eleven, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, so Dawn of War. So yeah, too. I don't know. So we, right, yeah, yeah, yeah well, we were talking about Warhammer, and again, and well, and I okay, kind of wrapped so up. I mean, I, I I I played it for a while. It was fun. Um, I I intend to, to continue playing it and see maybe where I can get. Um, it's a, it's a very like I said, it, it's visually satisfying. And it's also, so it's made by Relic, um, which are the same people that make Company of Heroes. And so Dawn, it was like Dawn of War, then Company of Heroes, then Dawn of War 2, then I think Dawn of War 3, and then Company Possibly, of Heroes yeah. 2. But I could have got those last two flip-flop. But either way, they kind of right. alternate, is my point. Um, and the first Dawn of War is where they're... Mechanics. So I've always praised the Dawn of War series for at least trying to subvert the traditional RTS um, gameplay right. staples, such as you've got worker units that go collect resources, whether that be Warcraft, Starcraft, Age of Empires, Command and Conquer, right? You know, they all work differently, but they all ultimately are you've got a resource yep. pile somewhere and worker units need to go get it. 
Um, and also a heavy emphasis on base building. And the Dawn of War series has kind of went away from that. And you still build some buildings in your base, right. but not that many. And there are no resources. You're going to capture points on the map. And they introduce cover mechanics. Well, in the first Dawn of War, <laughs> the way the cover works is there's... Sometimes you'll come across what they call a crater, which is <laughs> debatable, but whatever. There's, there's some right. lines on the ground that represent crater, but... <laughs> um, and then if you go into that crater, then your guys are in cover. Which I, I get it, because the idea is like you're in like right. a trench or something. But you're also taking the low ground, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> but anyway, so... <laughs> quick, down to the pit. Like, that's not where you go for a gunfight. That's where the airstrike can Good enough. a second time. <laughs> right. Right, what was yeah. here before the crater? Because that bomb. didn't work that's out either. This is not a healthy Another spot. Another on its way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by Dawn of War 2, they have significantly refined... Right. many of those mechanics so you've got cover behind actual walls and tires and there's different kinds of cover like there's cover behind solid objects that can't be destroyed but then there's cover behind flimsier objects that if they take fire for very long right. they will blow up and or you know at least go away and stop providing that cover so um so yeah i don't know I, i'm excited about it and then um i did actually go back and play some Dark Age, which I think I might have mentioned last time we yeah, talked bit, about maybe. what we played. I don't know. It's there. anyway uh, <laughs> played some Dark Age, yeah, uh, and then also played uh, went back and finally played some WoW again, which it had been it's been a minute, two yeah. months maybe since I'd really played any WoW classic or um, retail, retail, retail. Did the you thing, get so your where classic to landed, sixty ever? 58 and a half. It's so close. Wait, wait, wait. Are you it's the It's the beating a game. 58 and a half? Well, uh -huh, you have an uh -huh, experience you know. bar. I'm just saying. The reason I say and a half it's is fair. to incriminate myself further. Like, it's even closer, is my point. Like, it's not even a full two levels. Like, I'm halfway through 58. Um, yeah, I... Where I kind of landed, and I, I talked about this a lot last fall when Classic came out and I was playing it a lot, was that the, the joy I was extracting from it was right. playing with my friends, you know, and like running around. And, and so I was switching characters all the time because I was always trying to keep a character with these different people so that we right. could always play together. Um, that lasted until those people all got characters to 60, and then they were significantly less right. motivated to play their alts. Um and it turns out that I just don't actually like soloing in classic nearly as much. I think soloing in retail is enjoyable, but in retail there's because you know it's a 15-year-old game, there's just so much stuff. Like you've got literally an entire Pokémon mini game where you can run around the world on all the different continents and everywhere and collect critters and battle them and level them up right. from 1 to 25 and uh, and, you know, and just all sorts of stuff. Collect flying mounts. Just go see so many different zones. And the game is just built, um, I think, designed or tuned to be more right. solo-friendly uh, in favor of accessibility. Um, whereas WoW Classic, not that it's not possible to solo, it definitely is. It's not like it's playing q one where that... aligned in that way. It's just not... It's just kind of... It just it feels way more grindy, way faster to That's me fair. personally, at least. Um, I I know other people though who 
think that soloing in classic is is still more fun also i don't know classic is it's a bit harder but more than hard it's more just that like Again, I always talk about, it, but it's it, it's it's an older MMO, so it leans more into the synergy between characters and kind of expects right. It definitely, I mean, it's people. it leans more into the massive and multiplayer aspects, like just kind of in general. That was how the game was designed. Which I mean, I think that probably the reason that WoW ultimately thrived like it did was because of the accessibility um, options they decided to to take or whatever you want to call it, because they. The thing is, is that, like, in Dark Age of Camelot, I, I mean, I remember playing back in 2002 or three, and I loved the game, and I, I, I thought it was fun, and my roommates were playing, and we all thought it was great, but I found myself in a situation where, like, let's say I only had an hour to play. Like, let's say I came home on lunch, or I've got an hour right. until I go to work, right, and I want to play some Dark Age. Well, if I log in, my character can't solo for anything. I mean, it can, but really, really right. poor XP. So it's an infinite grind to do that. So you need to find a group. Okay, fine. But finding a group is a very arduous task because you've got to go to the zone where the group will be and then just literally sit Wait and spam a chat. And and your hour's gone. Yeah, and try and no find a group. doing that. Right. And that's even assuming that you found a group. Most of the, I mean, oftentimes... I might sit there for the whole hour and there's never a group that forms. And it's like, why am I paying a monthly fee to ask for a group for an hour right. and then log out? Like, that's not that's not very enjoyable. And, you know, so I had stopped and I came back eventually and, and whatever, but, um, but yeah. So I think that WoW really probably thrived because it leaned into the, the, the ability for people to play alone and not have to rely yeah. on finding a group. Um, but it came, you know, it comes with its own, its own cost. And I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever go back to the other, the old way or not, because, uh, MMOs, MMOs are very popular, but at the same time, there's been a lot of MMOs right. that have come out and died. You know what I mean? Um, and now you see games like, like Destiny and I don't, the, the, that's just the first one that comes to mind, I guess, but. Right. The Division 2, but th those kind of looter-shooter shared world experiences, those are more, have kind of replaced, I think, or not replaced, but taken some of the market Well, even something like Fallout MMO. 76, where it's like yes, that's a, 15, that's a good 20 example. people on a server or something, and an instance, a lot more right. heavy focus on instancing and not on mm -hmm. a big giant server where everybody's in one area or something. Right, right. But those games all offer right. instant action. You can log in and you, you can, can play start solo playing or you, you can, can do stuff. Your solo grind still applies right. and feels like you're making progress, but then your raid bosses you can still get together for and will also be rewarding. Mm -hmm. But if there's not that if that's not going right. on, you don't feel like you have to wait for it. Right, right, right. Um But anyway, yeah. So wow wow's been fun again though, um, playing retail. Shadowlands the expansion comes out I don't actually know what month right. later this year sometime so trying to get some thing different achievements earned and kind of the prep. different characters leveled and ready mm -hmm, for Shadowlands um, which it's it's hilarious because I'll go through all this exercise and then 
I either won't play for whatever reason that I can't currently fathom when it comes out, or I will and I'll stop a month in and then pick it back up later in the expansion because that's what happens every WoW time for me. So, uh, But whatever. Right now I'm having fun pretending in my head at least that I'm preparing for this grand adventure that right. I'll later go, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so you've been you've been playing a lot of Don't Starve yeah. together recently, yeah? So how's that? You've been playing with a couple of friends on a, a multiplayer uh, server? So we're hosting our own. Yeah, I was going to say, I am actually playing something with friends, um, which has greatly increased my enjoy. Actually, it's just brought me back into it, really. Um, but yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, we're not doing it on a public server. We're just kind of hosting our own game. Um, we're running sure. through the Pick Up Your Sticks Discord and just kind of have a channel set up in there for, for playing Don't Starve and... It basically, when all three of us are on and together, we'll hop in there and, and mess around. And there's been a, a couple of few updates for Don't Starve Together. Of course, Don't Starve Hamlet dropped this year as well. Um, a couple, I think the the two most recent updates might be this year. I one of them pretty recently um, with the return of them or rise of them or something like that. But Don't Starve Together has been getting significant updates like for a while, and both myself hmm. and one of the two guys that uh, we had played before in a heavily modded world that just he and I played in, and we got to, like, I don't remember, 250-some-odd, 300-some-odd days. Um, but there was a lot of mods and stuff in there, and we, you know, just kind of went back and started playing again, and then one of his, our mutual friends, uh, had was like, yeah, I just put in, like, a thousand hours in Terraria, and I think I'm just looking for something new, you know, and so you're like, hey, maybe you might like Don't Starve. And he was, he and I were just starting to kind of think about dabbling a little bit in it again. I had re-downloaded it. like, well, you know, see kind of where I was and whatever. Yeah, he would just hook, line, and sinker into the game. So it took us maybe a half a dozen worlds or so to kind of get our feet wet and just remember some of the old mechanics, learn some of the new ones, playing new characters and stuff, and... But now we're on a world that mm -hmm. uh, I think we just hit like day 150 something. Um, but we're playing pretty well. We've got a couple of small mods, mostly just quality of life stuff. Um, but we're definitely playing like an, an endless campaign, which means you can respawn and take like a health hit. We did go ahead and throw in the... Because we would revert if it was a bad enough. Like if you died and all your stuff got eaten and your body is in an area where you can't get back to it then we'll just revert the server back a day. Like, if you can respawn, do it, but if you can't and everybody agrees, then we'll just roll it back a day and take a break and, and come back and reload it back up. So we went ahead and turned on the, like, there's a campfire respawn mod. Uh, at some point, they introduced durability on the thermal stones, which is how you survive, essentially, winter and summer. Uh, so that's terrible, and so we turned that off via a mod. <laughs> But, mm, I mean, nice. it basically just returns it to the old way of doing it, and I think there's a way to repair it, and we didn't know that at the time, but now we have just infinite amount of supplies to repair it with, so it doesn't really make sense to have the durability on it anyway. Even if there's not a way to repair it, I hate it, so durability on it is just a bad mechanic, mm -hmm. in my, my opinion. But, that is all to say that mostly quality of life, no big game-breaking mods, um... I'm actually playing, you know, character that I haven't played before. I'm playing Wendy, and she just got a rework recently, so her character's uh, a lot more 
Is that the one that no, runs around with the, the lighter? Yeah, her twin sister. Oh, ghost. okay. So uh, there's also like a lot of the shipwrecked content is now in Don't Starve Together. Um, not all of it, but there's hmm. a whole new island. There's a lunar biome. There's new game mechanics for enlightenment that replaces sanity there. It's ridiculous. There's so much stuff going on. <laughs> Building a boat with sails. You can have multiple people manning different stations on it or just going out solo. Like, So we're we're having a great old time. Uh, throwing a, a couple of screenshots out on Twitter. I think I got another one I need to post. But um, yeah, it's been... I've actually tried to go back in and play single player because I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm getting good at it and I want to go see some of these other things and, and don't want to wait. Nope, I can't. I just can't bring myself to do it single player. But having three yeah. people in there and being able to, like, trade off on jobs, like, all right, today I'm going to go do some deforestation and get us a bunch of logs. And maybe if one of the trees turns into an elemental, I'll fight it and get us some of that stuff, you know, and somebody else wants to run into the caves and try to get ancient stuff. Somebody's going to the lunar biome, going there on a boat. And all of us are having random things happen to us. And we try to get together for like boss fights and stuff, but just hearing other people's random adventures as things inevitably go wrong. <laughs> But also being able mm -hmm. to have that, like, shared wiki knowledge where, you know, one of the friends uh, is playing Discord on his phone and connected through a headset, so he can't, like, pull up the wiki in another tab. He doesn't have two monitors. So if he's got a question one of us can't answer it, one of us will just hop on the wiki as long as we're not in a spot where we're immediately dying. And we don't have to pause the game. So, right. yeah, I've been having an absolute blast playing through like i didn't i wasn't sure if i would ever go back because i played a lot of, i played don't starve since it came out and right it, it had been three years since that last multiplayer game and i was just like i don't know man i didn't even three years may not be enough and now mm -hmm. i'm like Oh, in the new biome, I can get the glass, and I need these items to do so. I'm like itching to play. Like, come on, we get we gotta hook the server back up. I gotta get this back into my veins. Like, it is. <laughs> how fast can I right. eat dinner? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, for me though, um, that's. Uh, it, it, so, like, I'm not a big gambler, right? right? Like, I don't. I'm not a someone who's attracted to go to casinos. I don't bet on sports. I don't buy lottery tickets. Don't play risk um, <laughs> Yes, correct. Um, I, although I do play dice right, in Dark right. Age of um, but, <laughs> but that was just with myself. Um, but no, well, but so it's like, I, I don't think of myself as a gambler, but I was talking with a buddy recently about my Steam you know, collection and how much of it I haven't, let alone beat, even played. Um, or if, if I have played, it's very brief. But it's because the experience that you're describing is, like, that's where I'm gambling. is because I'm chasing the experience right. that you're describing, where you get into something and it's just like, oh man, this is so good. Like, I just want more of this all of the time. Now I will have to concede that that probably, if I think about it honestly usually involves some friends right. also being in on whatever that is. So I think the multiplayer definitely enhances it. Um, but you just never know. You just never know when a thing is just right. going to grab you. And when it does, it's no, it, it, so it is fun. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> so actually rewarding. really surprised. That, like, well, and even I was like, even after getting into it after a little bit, I'm like, all right, well, we're getting pretty set up. I don't know how much is there is. It's kind of like Terraria and even, I guess, 
Minecraft in the sense that there's still so much of those games I haven't seen. I've never beaten the Ender Dragon in Minecraft or seen the End Cities like myself. Uh, I've mm-hmm. not beaten the Moon Lord in Terraria or gotten any, even half of the things that you need to do to get to Moon Lord, I haven't done. And I have over a thousand hours in that game. And it's just like, so in Don't Starve, it's the same way. Most of the big bosses outside of the, the giants for just the normal seasons, I haven't beaten because like solo, it's just pretty hard to do. Even if you are good at kiting, it's difficult to do. Um, and some of the mm-hmm. other bosses are look almost, it looks easy to watch a YouTube video of somebody solo clearing a boss with no damage. I go in and try to do it and I'm just like one hit and I'm dead. Like, yeah, it has to be no damage because you just die otherwise. But, yeah, so, like, having multiple people to be able to tackle those things and a couple of quality of life mods, like, you know, we're not Mm -hmm. doing anything that's OP and most of the mods that we're putting on were just, like, gooey mods or if we do throw something in for a craftable item, we jack up the settings to hard because we don't want to ruin our experience with some OP item. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, I think that there, it's it's interesting, it reminds me, I, I think I shared this with you when we were talking separately once, but it reminds me of, of the way I play XCOM, where in my head, like, and I think you're doing the right thing by modifying it however you want, whether it was OP or not, to be right. something that's fun, because like when I play XCOM, it's not even a modding problem, I just don't want to save scum because I think that there's some and no nobody's going to judge you because nobody knows what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Nor are they interested. However, like, <laughs> it does get old to reload no one... the same shotgun shot that you have to get a success on to get because like yes. otherwise everybody dies and it's a twenty percent shot and you've just got to reload that save. It's loading screens. Why are there still loading screens? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the loading screens are tough. Um. The loading screens are tough, that's fair. Although it SSD does. Does. does help with that pretty significantly. There's still some of that in Don't Starve. Um, we don't we try to roll back as little as possible because A, it'll just it rolls you back mm-hmm. to dawn. So if it happens right before dawn of the next day, that's twenty minutes of game time. And and so we try to keep right. it to a minimum, but it's it's an option because yeah, the the other option is restarting at spring or one person Zerg rushing their body. And like neither of those things we've got a massive base we're 150 days in like we've got like 30 b boxes it's (laughs) we are set up like well and that's i mean honestly though that that's really what kind of turned me off from don't starve in its vanilla form is that it actually because without those safety nets for lack of a better term there are no safety nets and you can't ever actually get to a position in don't starve where you're safe like like in Minecraft, you can set up a base or Terraria where you're pretty safe in the base. I mean, Terraria a little, less so. a little different right. with the goblin Minecraft, invasion if you understand and stuff lighting, like that. Like, yeah, you can be a hundred percent safe. <laughs> right. Um, and well, and you can just be completely self-sufficient. You could have a a garden with food and always have that and never run into those problems and and whatever. You can just do a, and you can mine down from your base so that you never have to go out into the dangerous world if you want it or whatever and in don't starve like that you just never get that safety you just are always at risk of if you have a bad play a bad day whatever it is a, a fire dog could explode in your base Everything. and burn 
yeah. everything and 150 <laughs> yeah. days worth of work is gone and and honestly it, it, it's interesting because I think that that's a, a, a selling point for a lot of people for it is they like right. the hardcoreness of it and that's fair that you know hey to each his own but it actually just turns me away because it's like I just don't the the loss of that is too significant so I think it's great that you're modifying well I think another thing too are. is just let like it's one thing, like, when you're playing just regular Don't Starve, and you get to winter, which is the first kind of big hurdle, then you're met with a problem, which is, in like, day 30, the Deerclop spawns. And you've never fought it before. You fought dogs a few times, maybe you're getting good at that, but you've never fought the Deerclops. You essentially have one chance to learn the entire boss fight, and do it right, because if you die, it's 30 days to get back there. And that's, like, at 15, 20 minutes a day, you're talking a few hours worth of time just to get to that point. And then there is another one of those points for each season, for all four seasons, then in the caves, then on the high seas, then in the desert, then in certain mm -hmm. biomes. And so, like, each of these things is another boss mechanic that you would have to learn and understand and new monsters and things. You can wiki some of it, you can YouTube some of it, sure. But some of it, too, is just going to be muscle memory of understanding how the fight goes when to make your right moves mm -hmm. and if you only have one shot to do that like even dark souls allows you to spawn at a campfire like <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you don't have it's not it's not this huge barrier you don't have to go back to the start again. of the game to try that boss over like <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah yeah well and, and to your point i mean you know you can watch it on youtube but Especially if you're watching someone who's a very high-level player of it, like they make it yeah, look like in, yeah, you just yeah, go in away. and hit him yeah. a couple of times and it's dead. It's like that's not. I mean, how the it other option is to use console commands and spawn them in on like day one just to practice fighting them. But then, like, <laughs> why? Because you could still mess up in the boss right? fight and die, even if you know what you're doing. There are people like good players still yeah. die. So it's like, which I mean, Don't Starve Together has some mechanics for even if you don't make it any easier, there are mechanics where if there are other players, they can craft you an item that can resurrect you. There's a game mode where you can resurrect at the kind of the spawn in portal in the game and a game mode where like you just drop all your stuff and have to start a new character, but the world persists. So even with that, there are different ways. And then there's a super hardcore if everybody dies, the game is just over, but at least there are in the right. base game of the together version, which is actually, you could play it solo. Um, you just basically spin up a single player server, which is the game. Mm. Um, and, right. and yeah, and it, and a lot of the functions are different than regular don't starve, uh, just to balance the characters out some and a few of the items. But I, I think that it's a, it is a much better for me experience. I think I would still kind of want to play Hamlet, but I, I am a little turned off by just like, there's so much stuff that you have to... Like, especially in something like an expansion like Hamlet, where everything's new. It's like starting over again mm -hmm. and, and not knowing the biomes. What can I eat? Because everything and almost everything in Don't Starve is some weird portmanteau. And also some combination mm -hmm. of it is as likely to kill you as it is to help you. And anything that does right. help you doesn't actually help you. It just gives you a false sense of security, which makes it easier for you to die. Right. <laughs> Like, oh, I have food. I'm not going to die of starvation. Nope. Lightning. Like. <laughs> right. Yeah, dogs. Well, two days yeah, later. Yeah, food's gone. Food's gone. Dogs come yeah. in. Yeah. Right. 
mon spiders yeah. eat all your food. Like, <laughs> Psst, hey, everyone. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but we, we have a really exciting announcement to make. We're running our first contest to say thanks for listening. Uh, we have an extra copy of the game Gree on Steam, and if you want it, all you have to do is send an email to pickupyourstickspodcast at gmail.com with the subject contest and include us a short message in the body. Tell us why you listen, your favorite episode, or some comment or critique that you have of the show. The email address can be found down in the show notes. The drawing will be on June 1st, and you can only enter one time. So send us an email with the subject contest, tell us your thoughts, and then keep an eye out on your email on June 1st to see if you've won. This is a thank you for those that listen to the episodes. So if you want your friends to enter, just ask them to listen to any of the episodes released between May 10th and May 24th for the details. No sharing on Twitter or social media. Thanks. Let's get back to the show. I, I mean, the truth is, is that I, I'm just too, um, I don't know, <laughs> sensitive, soft, I don't whatever words you want to use, but to just for those kinds of experience, like I, you know, love MMOs, obviously like PVP and MMOs do not enjoy full loot PVP where if you kill me, I drop everything right. on my character, then you can steal it. And now I'm naked upon respawn and it's like it's just too much um yeah i mean i had another buddy that we're both friends with but that we played eve online um at one point i had played it through the years and then introduced it to him he's a big sci-fi guy and, and so he was pretty into it and we like set up where we were gonna i had like learned all of the skills necessary to pilot a big strip mining ship and he had learned the, the skills necessary to pilot a freighter and we were going to go into safe space and just test out right. how it would work to try and figure out our method and yeah got ganked by a Russian dude the first night and who just destroyed everything and it's like it was I mean it, it's not like we'd right. been playing for a year and he destroyed a year but we'd been playing for two weeks and just working on that and then it's all just gone, and it's for nothing. Like, the, right. that guy doesn't even care. You know what I mean? It's not like he had a huge windfall after that. He probably made right. pennies for him, you know? And uh, and it was I, I never played Evil well, Online again after that, because it was like, I just don't care. I just, I, I'm not willing to have the time stolen to have to, it's just not that, it's not that right. compelling. No, Sorry. I mean, and it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where, like, not. I understand the allure of... Like, mm -hmm. I've played a hardcore Diablo character, like, just to see how far can I... I know this game. Like, it's an extra layer of challenge on something that I already feel I've mastered. I have no problem with, you know? But I don't think I would ever play a hardcore character as my first run-through. Like, because I just don't understand the game. And I am going to die. And mm -hmm. I don't want to have to... It's bad enough that I have to see that stupid zombie scene once to save the town to get into the first village every time I play anyway mm -hmm. I don't want to go through mm -hmm. that 20 times just so that I can get to the first boss right. like yeah I was thinking about though the next time I play an ARPG which who knows when that'll be because you and I tried to play Path of Exile and played for all of 5 minutes and we were like yeah we're good on this um but anyway, like, I was thinking the next time I try and play an ARPG, I think I might actually start a hardcore character, so that way when it dies, that will be when I stop if I haven't right. quit ahead of it dying. Because I never stay that long anyway in ARPGs, so I may as well just 
make a hardcore character. And if it dies while I was still having fun, great. <laughs> stop while we're ahead. Because I've usually when I stop, it's because right. I'm having zero fun. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I'd played though. Um, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, like I said, a lot of a lot of WoW, a little bit of Dawn of War, a little bit of Dark Age of Camelot. I did play. There's this Warhammer game. Um, Gladius, I believe it is, that is kind of a civilization-style game, except okay. it's Warhammer 40k. And that was kind of, it was kind of interesting. Um, I, <laughs> funny that we were just talking about having to start <laughs> over all the time. I think if I continue playing it, I'm going to have to start over, because I didn't understand the I mean, I think it's different it when it's voluntary. Like, we restarted in... Don't yeah. starve several times. And we were trying different tactics, like, should we build two bases so we have a fallback base? Should we pool our resources into one? Different characters. I started, you know, a couple of different characters before I settled in on one, and I was like, okay, I really like this. And and I had already played through some others, so I was like, I don't really want to replay them because I already know all their mechanics, and I don't want to be stuck doing the same thing I did three years ago. So, you know, it took mm -hmm. us a few tries to kind of sink in on, like, are there mods that we want to have? Are there? Do we want to turn off? Like we turned off disease because we just don't want to have to mess with that. Um, yeah, your I mean, plants no, can all get sick and die, <laughs> and there's you can't just get you can't get them back. Like there are mods for like cures <sighs> for the disease because there just aren't any in game. If you don't if you don't do it right, all your you go away in adventure and you come back and all your plants are dead and they're just dead. So, <laughs> uh, it's such a well, and like I, uh, I, I, we laugh because almost every update they do to that game nerfs items. There are never buffs, like the like the <laughs> the Weatherstone. It's already bad enough that it loses temperature in like a couple of minutes, and then they add durability to where if it loses all of its temperature and goes to its default state, and you don't keep it heated up, then it just starts wearing down and will eventually expire, and it's like. One of the advantages is that in other seasons you can leave it next to your fire and it just heats up and cools down and you can pick it up and swap it out for one in your inventory so you always have a hot one on you. But it, if there's durability, it just breaks. And it'll even do that. It'll even heat up and cool down in a chest. So even if you don't use it, mm. if it goes from summer to winter or just day to night, it'll wear the durability down. I'm like, no. But that's a that was an update made. That was a that was an in, improvement yeah. on the game, if you will. And like, no, everything is a nerf. Everything is there to make that game harder. <laughs> I remember reading because uh, I, I don't know when that game came out. I want to say it was maybe twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Together or the ago. original? Uh, no, no, original. Don't start. It may be longer than that because um, I think. I think so. so. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm nah, just gonna I'm, look it I'm up. I'm curious now. as well. I was going to if you weren't. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Yep, wow. April twenty third of twenty thirteen. Way better than I am at this. <laughs> I also suck at guessing people's age, so uh -huh. I guess that would apply to games as well. I can't look at a game until you how old it is. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I just I just tie it constantly back to like, like, where I was living right. and working, like. When, like when I remember th playing it or thinking about it, like what scene am I in, and then that kind of helps me identify <laughs> the range of time at least. Um, but anyway, I remember reading about it probably a year before it came out, and 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 you know I don't know the year that early access started, but it was probably kind of around there as well because they had 
They had right. Steam Greenlight first before early access. And so I think it might have been in the era Was of Don't Starve of a Greenlight. Greenlight game? I don't... Um, no, okay. No, no, no. But where I'm going with it is that it was basically they did early access yeah. without it being called that and without it being through Steam. Because I remember reading an article about this this quirky game called Don't Starve that was super hardcore and the developers had completely leaned on the community feedback for tweaking and tuning the right. game as they went along. And, it, and again, this is even before it had come out, but it had created this incredibly challenging game but and unique right. you know especially at the time because there weren't a lot of survival type games and that sort of stuff out there I mean now they're a dime a dozen but at the time they weren't really and uh, and I just remember being fascinated by that and just thinking how interesting it was and now here we are you know seven years later in early access is there's like, not what game doesn't what do game... an early access launch like AAA, yeah, even if yeah. you're a AAA and, studio, I mean, you may call it a full release, but it's obvious it's still early access. Like that just is full right. release now. Yeah, well, I mean, to the publisher or developer, or whatever, to to the game maker's credit, I mean, um, if people are willing to buy it now, why not start yeah. generating the revenue? You know what I mean? Um, now, I mean, if it's unplayable or if it's not a good quality product, then that's that's shady. But, I mean, assuming that it's actually worth playing, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, when you look at something like Avorian, is Avorian's a really yeah. cool game at this point. How cool is Avorian if it didn't no, have an for sure. access? No, for sure. You know what I, I think, mean? Well, I also think some of it, like, you know, Butterscotch Shenanigans talks about this some, where early access made Levelhead what it is. But they also probably yeah. could have gotten the same thing from the same dedicated group of people that gave 80% of the feedback during early, early access if they had a private beta. It, it still would have been... And in fact, early access in a lot of ways kind of made things difficult on them with news cycles and stuff, which we talked about kind of in the Levelhead episode prior. But, it, it, you know, so while I get a company's want from a business perspective to start collecting revenue now you know it there may be some short-sightedness in my opinion on that for a lot of games that especially smaller developers like it's a rough choice between especially as a small developer if you have a poor early access launch now you've ruined your news cycle and you don't have any revenue so so to be to be fair I, I don't even mean, and, and to be clear, I don't think that Clay was doing a no, true no. early access. I think it really yeah. was more of a closed beta, honestly. Um, so I guess that's what I mean is is the idea of of really leaning on the community to help with the development, whether that be through Steam's early access right. program no. or I a mean, closed I beta or whatever version that, of that you, know, you want to there do. Are, there would probably be a much better... Um, Dang it! I keep thinking Destiny Two, but that's not the game. The game with the Iron Man suits mm. that ended up having a terrible launch. Anthem, thank you. Anthem. I think Anthem could have used yeah. uh, a beta period because it, it seemed like that game right. had a lot of. Or Fallout seventy six probably needed to have a beta period right. because there were so many. It, it's one thing if it's some niche, like random, very edge case scenario that breaks your game. It's something completely different. It's like, well, I opened my inventory and put the first item that's available in the game into it, and it crashed. Like, hmm, 
did it yeah. was it did anybody test it like <laughs> well i think it also i mean it might come to some extent and i'm speculating entirely right. of course i don't work at these places but like you look at bethesda you look at bioware who make fallout and anthem respectively and these are long-standing large studios that are have a history of crafting experiences and then dropping that experience like bioware probably most famous for you know kotor and mass effect and, and those you know the dragon age series but those games like if those games had come out as early access or in betas like I feel like it almost maybe it 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 it'd kind of be like if the Star Wars movies released in like a slow trickle out over six months right. across the United States as opposed Everybody to just having... hey everyone can see it now, you know. Um, so That's I for kinda, sure. It's a lot I, harder. I kind of get it, but at the same time, test a like an, a story driven game or an experience style game because um, yeah, especially when that experience changes, I I think. Yeah, I think that's even where early access is worse than a beta would be, because then at least you just get a small group. I I think all of it really is to say that community feedback in games is important, and yeah. almost all yeah. of the games, the the companies that I have seen that have turned their nose at community feedback and told players, "No, we know what we're doing. You're gonna. This is just how it is." EA, you know, uh, basically everything. EA, uh, Free Jam with Robocraft refused every and and people who even myself who'd spend hours doing the math spreadsheets charts graphs showing you know doing polls questionnaires debating the pros and cons of a certain change to make sure that it wouldn't have some dash and like ever getting ever the entire community saying yes this change would make everything better and the company going no and in fact we're going to double down in the opposite direction like, well, your whole community is just... And, and especially with something like with RoboCraft, that literally was the whole community was on the forums. It wasn't like we were some small vocal minority. Like, it was just everyone right. agreed that this is the direction it should go, and it would be awesome, and they refused to go there. And yeah, the game died. Like, I think that community... Fe- and the, No, I just want to say, like, the Sorry. games that did lean into community feedback, uh, Kerbal Space Program, Levelhead you know don't starve like the companies that lean into that community feedback and say at subnautica you benefited a ton from community feedback and there are times where you can say yeah this isn't a good idea but here's why because maybe the community's not thinking like a game dev but for the more often than not the mm-hmm. more that you are able to listen to and apply the things that the players are saying are the core of your game like that's how things that some people might see bugs become features and then become integral mechanics of a game that nobody thought of before. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it also probably depends to some extent on the size of the studio. Um, I think a smaller studio probably also more greatly benefits from it because there's just not that many sets of eyes looking at this. There's not that many people thinking about it. And so, you know, if you've got a studio of less than 10 people, getting all of this external feedback probably helps a lot. But if you're developing an Assassin's Creed game that's got 500 resources assigned to it is it really better to have another 500 voice you know what i mean like i don't know um so yeah i don't know i think it, i think it there's probably a oh, lot more nuance sure. yeah, to yeah, it yeah, yeah, as yeah. with all things <laughs> <laughs> um but i but i but in but i definitely agree with you i think that the community feedback 
generally is a good thing. I, I can't think of a situation where I've seen a community... Destroy a game? Drive a game. Yeah, exactly. I, and maybe it's just because I didn't happen to participate in it, and so I don't know. And if right. it was destroyed, then it would never would hit my radar, right? I don't know. Um, it kind of makes me think, though, of... And I can't remember the name of it, and if you will, it'll be incredible. It, we've talked about it before, but it's a game that these guys made where you're like driving like a it's like an isometric game where you're driving like a tank and you like destroy buildings and oh oh yeah. oh uh, i it, uh, not steel battalion dang it that's the one that i never remember with the 200 dollar controller um <laughs> yeah dang it we talked about but, but we they, talked about they it like completely where, like, remade the game yeah well they like worked on it it was a small group of guys i mean i think maybe 3 and they they worked on it forever, and then they finally released it, and it just didn't perform. But by all accounts, it's a well-made game. Brigador? It just yeah, didn't sell there. well. Yes. I was like, it's in my Steam yes. library, which is not huge, so I can oh, search nice. that faster than I can search Google. <laughs> right. Yes, that. So, in Brigador, the conclusion that they came to when they were all said and done with it, you know, a, a post-mortem, if you will, that they kind of did on it... Um, was that they thought that they understood the best way to right. play the game. And so they insisted on a very specific control scheme for how you navigate and move and operate the tank or whatever. And it turns out that a lot of people just find it tedious and don't think it's fun. And so in their Brigador 2 or whatever the, the sequel to that is, they've completely inserted, you know, a huge variety of control options and a variety of different control schemes. But my whole point in mentioning all this is just that it's a perfect example of, like, that's where community feedback right. would have been really good during development, because that's not that big of a thing to put in more control options, right. you know, to an entire game. Like, um, so I think that's something they could have addressed, but because they're just doing it on their own, they didn't. <laughs> and then I think there's the also game a huge flops, difference right? between so, community feedback and designed by committee or or like focus mm. groups like focus groups are always wrong just it, focus groups are how you get the first version of the sonic movie where like everybody's like yeah that's mm -hmm. that's how sonic should look that's uh this is sonic this is great uh, that's the design by committee and focus group <laughs> version of a bunch of people in a room being mm -hmm. paid 20 dollars to say yeah sure whatever um versus going to the the community and like it really isn't even just the community but kind of your diehard community and not saying that you should design to like the hardcore player for a game that is supposed to be casual right um or only end game mm -hmm. when it needs a tutorial so like there is definitely some balance that you should put in there between like kind of the hardcore players as well as people that have never seen your game but i i think that there's a huge there's a giant chasm between design guy by committee and like community feedback because i think community is an important part of that it's the people that want to see your game succeed every single one of us that tried mm -hmm. to give feedback on robocraft did so because we loved the game idea and loved where it, what it could be and did enjoy to some extent playing where it was but we saw like the vision that they were trying to put out but then they kept changing their vision and it's like the same thing with Levelhead we were giving feedback not because the game was terrible without it but like this is great and could be better if 
and and there's a huge difference right. between that and like this is terrible and I don't care what you do with it or you're just giving me $20 to say whatever right. I don't care like mhm yeah no that's fair um well, I don't. I, there's nothing else that I really played. Um, that I've really played recently. Did you have anything else that you I'm wanted still, to, to dive uh, into? I'm still chunking away at random dice PvP quite a bit. Um, yep. Nice. It is starting to grind a little. I went through a spot where I got like three or four legendaries in a row, or not in a row, but in a short span of a couple of days from the the kind of bonus chest. They did do some balance changes so that you're not as crushed in the PvE, the co-op mode, uh, as you used to be, but then they also just introduced an even more crushing boss past that. Um, so it's starting to grind on me a little bit just because I don't... Like, there is one specific dice that if you don't have it, you can't get any further in the single-player mode. I still haven't gotten it, and which means I just can't compete in... Not single-player, but the PvP version. Um... So right, right. and it's starting I'm starting to see like I'm almost to a point where almost anything is viable because I'm a high enough level that I can make even a crummy deck work decently even with a low level player up to a certain point the kind of the the bridge the gap in the co-op mode where you either make it past this point or you never will um so I can make almost anything work to that point but it's also kind of not fun because I feel like I can't do much creative like it doesn't really matter what i pick um and i can't compete in the pvp mode and i can't even if i could give five dollars to get this one stupid dice as much as it would be pay to win it would literally be pay to win at this point i should be like it's just what you do to get past rank 10 and i wouldn't care like it it's so broken that it it's a shame because the game is balanced around that dice and it's like oh, that's weird. I don't know how else to fix it. I don't. It's such a powerful dice that I don't know how you could nerf it without making it useless. But it's just a strange thing. I like, mean, I mean that's you know to I always compare random dice, which I haven't played, but just in hearing you explain it, it always makes me think of like Hearthstone, um, and I mean Hearthstone's run into that a lot where they've designed a card that was just kind of the like. If you don't have this, then right. you're just behind. And yeah, they just they <laughs> they just nerf it until it, it's just useless. Which I also get leaves a bad taste if you mm-hmm. had spent time trying to obtain it and got it and hey, now this is cool is and now it's it's gone. But if it's for the health of the game at large, then right. maybe yeah, that's I the mean, right I would, call. You know what I mean? Honestly, if it were removed and the game slightly rebalanced, I think it would open things up a lot more. Granted, there would just be a new right. top meta dice, because that's if you don't balance those types of games constantly, a meta will emerge. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I always think of chess, because chess is one of the only games I can think of where, like, the meta is already known, but there are so many right possibilities that it can go different ways at least um but maybe that's not even true at the highest levels i don't know um but nothing else is balanced as well as chess like (laughs) you know i mean like it's it's funny you know to think about like starcraft which obviously we we both like quite a bit and 
I've watched professional StarCraft II since it came out, which is 2010, so, you know, nearly a decade. And it's weird, though, because if you want to go back and watch, like, a match from 2014, like, there used to be this Korean Zerg player named Life, who was just awesome. I mean, just super, super good at controlling Zerglings and just one of my favorite people to watch. But he played in Heart of the Swarm and on whatever patch he was playing on even, you know? And I don't understand any of those realities now. So to go and watch a match from then, equipped with my modern, current understanding of StarCraft II, it's kind of hard to know what's going on. Right, well, it's just like (laughs) Like... (laughs) certain upgrades work differently or don't exist or do exist. Or even just meta things that are like, why are you not going Broodlord and Fester? This is where you transition. Like, yeah. Right. But even, but honestly, it even extends to much more recently. Like, it's it's so weird how such minor changes can be so significant. Like, the one of the patches they did in the last, I don't know, year. I mean, it's less than that, but whatever. At least the last year, um, maybe even six months. But with StarCraft Two, is they patched out mm-hmm. Infested Terran as an ability from the Zerg yep. unit, the Infester. For anyone that's not familiar, briefly, it just it allows you to spawn a bunch of little fire and forget units that attack for, the co- for, for zero cost what the infested terran ability do. so you don't have to spend resources on it right 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 um and so they took that out well which is fine except now infestors are used very little in starcraft 2 and if you go watch a match from last year just the championship games of last year you there is there's right. Infested Terran everywhere. Infested now, Terran is a, a game, large part of made. late game winning for Zerg. If you're not running Infestors yes. by the late mid game, you're gonna <laughs> lose. Right. Right. So yeah, it's just it. It's and my point with all of that is just that like, yes, patches are necessary to shift the meta because otherwise it does become stale. It also though does make it hard to, <laughs> if it's something that you want to go back to previous versions of like with StarCraft where you can watch it you know, pro games, it's weird. But with random dice, I mean, there's probably not, not, not pro random of. dice games that you're going to watch. But it so. is a, it is an right. interesting point. Like, if, if <laughs> you know, and I'm sure there probably are, there were move-for-move move recordings of, like, 18th century chess matches, you could play them out mm-hmm. and show the chess match and, and discuss it as relevantly today. Now, right. maybe there are meta changes right. of just, like, if they would have known about this movement style that is something that is everybody is aware of this six move checkmate or whatever it's obvious neither of them were aware of that otherwise one of them would have won but it still could be discussed in that manner right it was only because they were ignorant to it not because it didn't exist or work that way whereas you know if you go play Hearthstone I mean to date (laughs) myself with how long ago I played Hearthstone like Dr. Boom was the card that everyone had to have and then they you know they eventually nerfed it and, and basically made it irrelevant but um you know now if you play that that doesn't mean anything anyone who plays hearthstone today that didn't play when dr boom was a card right. doesn't know what that is it's irrelevant you know what i mean whereas back when i played years and years ago that was the thing that every that was the meta card you know the meta legendary so um yeah, well, that's cool that you're... St- I mean, honestly, even if Random Dice does grind to a halt... I mean, I've not played any video right. game for my whole life, right? So, 
so I don't expect a game to last indefinitely. I have gotten, gotten a lot, lot of value time. out of it. I've gotten, You've gotten a, lot a lot of time. time. I went ahead and threw a couple of dollars at some point into the, which isn't the only money that I spend on mobile for the most part comes out of I do the Google surveys thing. So I just kind of slowly earn mm -hmm. a quarter here and a quarter there, and most mobile things are like a couple of dollars. So uh, I did go back right. and try to play a little bit of Archero. Um, that's actually had a couple mm. of few updates recently too, and there's a lot more stuff to it, but I just find myself not really... I don't know, I think I played Archero in the car, like not driving as a passenger in the car <laughs> to be clear um it was good because it was good for a little bit longer sit down sessions where you could devote like 10 15 20 mm -hmm. minutes to it um and mm -hmm. now that everything's in quarantine we don't go anywhere uh so i think that's kind of actually cut into the time that i would you know if we're driving the dog to the park or something that i would play you know a little bit right. more extended match um and just because I've been playing so much Don't Starve at, at home, like, on the PC, it's... Archero is a good in-between game for me. Whereas, like, Random Dice is mm -hmm. a good lunch break or, you know, five minutes wherever. Uh, you know, step outside and get a fresh breath of air or something, throw that on, mess around for a bit, come back in, go back to work, whatever. Um, so it's a lot more just kind of accessible in that way. And it's a lot easier to kind of pick up and put down because I don't have to worry about even if I do have a co-op partner, like whatever they did. Things happen and your co-op right. partner will disconnect, whatever. Sometimes you disconnect. It's just once you get over that, like, sure, try not to mm -hmm. be a jerk about it. But um, yes, yeah, so, so a fair, fair bit of that, which, yes, it has gotten it's gotten its money's worth for sure. Um, and I've also seen a right, couple of right. like ripoff games now trying to come out that are similar mm. which happened with Archero too there are a few other games that like stand and shoot Archer and stuff like trying to huh. to rip off of that's it that's funny I'm telling you it's literally just yeah. the evolution no, of Diablo it it's, it's, it's... <laughs> if it had an idle game element to it as well then it would 110% be <laughs> mm -hmm. but I'm trying to think of anything mm -hmm. else that I've played lately um I'm not I mean I've been tempted to try to get in to think of like maybe a new board game or something but again just mm. not been a lot of not a lot of social gatherings happening so it's a lot of you have to say you yo, better do it on tabletop yo. simulator cause <laughs> sure. which tabletop simulator has like I don't know if it's a mod pack or what but there is support for 40k in tabletop simulator which I've seen that huh. does like That's pretty cool. handles all your dice rolling and will even organize all your so when you're rolling 60 dice it'll just organize them out to show you how many hits you had and be able to grab all of the ones that hit and then roll the wound and stuff so I watched a couple of videos on, huh. on tabletop simulator plays of 40k, which I thought was really interesting. That is pretty. Uh, it's cool. probably not legal. So the, but... I... <laughs> ah, right, 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 right. I don't. Yeah, that's probably fair because yes. you don't have to buy anything from the workshop to do it, so they're not probably impressed. not. Yeah, but it's not being right, sold yeah. by. I yeah. mean, it just, I'm sure I it's would a free thing. It's so and the rules, you'd still have to like go buy or pirate a rule book so you're either still giving money to them or just pirating anyway which whatever 
But yeah, so it's literally just like the which I mean the miniatures are probably a lot of them are trademarked and stuff, but you could do it with non-trademarked things and just this substitutes as that. So whatever. Um right. Hey, Playing Warhammer much. with pennies. These today. are Space Marines. The Nichols got a <laughs> missile launcher. Like, <laughs> the quarter's a commander. And this is a veteran. Right, right. Yeah. So, no, I, I think that's mostly it. I was trying to think. I was like, man, I've played way much Don't Starve. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, you know, anyone that, that's interested, if, if you're not a, a, a dark Don't Starve aficionado on your own, Totally recommend that you go back in our catalog yes. and listen to our Clay episode, uh, where we dive into Clay as a developer and, and talk about Don't Starve actually at great way greater length than we did today. Um, but yeah, there's that, was, a, that was a fun conversation. There was something definitely. that I hit in Don't Starve because you can like a little pet, and I had a skin unlocked that I didn't... It looked really familiar, but I'm like, that looks really familiar, but I don't think it's a Don't Starve thing. But I have it unlocked, so what... It's actually the one of the critters from Oxygen Not Included. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. I had to, like, Google it. I was like, that's it. I've looked at that game a few more times. I was just like, <laughs> I can't. I can't bring myself back to that game. It is so punishing. Why, is, why does Clay make such happy-looking yeah. things that are so dastardly? Like, they're good at know. it. <laughs> they do. That's what they do. That's what they do. So that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion, share your thoughts, or catch our stream times. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend and help us keep growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and on our Steam group. All the links are available in the show notes. If you want any more of my insights on anything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. Hey NFL fans, Dak Prescott here. Want to spend Sunday afternoons with your favorite teams and players? Switch to DirecTV and get NFL Sunday ticket included at no extra cost. I'm talking every live out-of-market game, every Sunday, no matter where you live. So switch to DirecTV to get the 2020 NFL Sunday ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Out-of-market games only. Requires choice package or above. Minimum $74.99 a month before discounts. Prices higher in second year. Regional sports fee up to $9.99 a month applies. 24-month agreement, activation, other fees, terms and restrictions apply. Everything in this shed, starting with those. Okay, gotta fix all of these. That, that'll be so easy. This needs some love for sure. Definitely that. True DIYers see projects everywhere. From repainting patio furniture to repurposing an old light fixture. For all of those to-dos, trust Krylon Fusion All-in-One Paint and Primer Spray Paint. It bonds to difficult surfaces and gives you maximum rust protection with no sanding or priming. And that's that. Krylon. Today we spray.